Hi, this is Joel Richardson, founder of Soul Joel Productions. I want to thank you for watching this and all of our content on Soul Joel TV. Just keep it in mind, every time you see this logo, that's our stamp of approval to know that it's quality content. So thank you for watching this, and now enjoy the show. Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am the picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Welcome to the, the desk is shaking. The, the camera comes on and your desk is shaking. That's how what It's so bad. <laughs> Ask me what's bad. Ask me what's bad. Richie, what's bad with that? What what's wrong and with that? This <laughs> is bad. <laughs> anyway. Do the intro, do the intro. <laughs> Welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Gregadonna, and with me as always... He's so bad. You laugh so Joel, hard. Joel just wrote, I'm still here. He's in the back. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. I... I think I'd like watch... I, next time we do the show, I want to watch you... Watch oh, that. Yeah, you have to. Joey, Joey, is there any way we can set up yeah. that we can watch Richie's reaction while that's playing? Like a reaction shot video. Please. We need to do that because I've never seen somebody laugh so hard. Oh, Joey said we can make it happen. All right. All right. <laughs> well, you know what it reminds me of? Like uh, <laughs> like when you're in um, the Poconos at a gig. And it's like a, there's like a channel 22 and they have all local like there's always like a dance going on or something. And and then they cut to some. Hi, we can't stay in business without you. So, you know, <laughs> like, oh, my God. I, can, do people really talk this badly? And then, it's, it's a, it reminds me of like if a space alien came down and they wrote, wrote read a book like how to act like a human. Like, hey, everybody, how's your Local sports team. <laughs> I can't believe they won or lost the big game last week. <laughs> I love you, Joel. I love you. So, hey, Flammers in the house. Flammers in the house. I also, uh, I also saw Mike Albanese popped on. What up, Albanese? Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Joey so, Cola's in the house. Joey Cola's in the house. I'm yeah, excited. That's it. That's because of our guests. Yeah, we got a great guest today, man. We got we got quite the. This guy's going to tell some good stories. We're gonna. We should put it right up front that this is not going to be a clean show. It is not. No. <laughs> In honor of our guest today, fuck everybody. Okay. <laughs> um. We. Why don't you introduce him? I've been watching the news. Oh. Okay. And I realize that people tend to make mistakes like we do. Like oh, we make them all the time, well, but they're, they're expected. Up, putting Joel up front was a mistake. But <laughs> <laughs> so, Richie, you stop that now. <laughs> I can't wait for later when Joel tells me I've had enough of this. <laughs> but I mean, people expect us to have the blunders, right. the screw ups. But we're we're idiots. You know, we sit here, we do our show. Everybody's home. We're home. You're home. Everybody's home. We're doing our show from home, and you do wonder at times, like, what do people do? Yeah. Well, you know, remember that one clip a long time ago? The guy was giving the news report for the BBC, and the kid came bursting through the door, and then there was like a a, a news reporter, and he's giving a very serious speech about like Afghanistan. And all of a sudden, in the back, of the door bursts open, and this little kid comes running in, and this woman comes running in, grabs the kid, and drags him out. No, no, I didn't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Well, there was a clip yesterday that's gone viral, and uh, it's pretty funny. And it was a, a reporter from Good Morning America. He was home, and Joey, run the clip. Oh, wait, 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 don't run it. This is called Drinks, Jokes, 
and screw-ups. Bum, bum, bum. But the companies do say they will scale up the program if it is successful, guys. Very cool. We love it, Will. Thank you. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman's son on TV. With <laughs> so that- he, he was in... He's in his he's in his underwear. Yeah, he he pulled the full Ron Burgundy. Yeah, that's he did. Will, yeah, <laughs> yes. that's, Will, that's Will Reeve. He's Christopher Reeve's son, and uh, apparently he, like his father, who was in his underwear in many Superman movies. <laughs> At least he had long leg it, underwear. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's his cock. Anyway, <laughs> and um, we can see his bird. <laughs> so. I just think we're going to see a lot more things like that. You know oh, yeah. Everybody's are. doing it from home. Did you see the big Broadway show when the guy's mic was muted and he was supposed to be singing? It was like a salute to Sondheim. No. He, he was supposed to be singing and the mic was muted. And, he, he, and then all oh, of a sudden what? you hear somebody come in and be like, hey, Steve, your uh, mic's not on. <laughs> There's a, a story about an actress, and I don't want to say who, but she was hated so much when she was on Broadway that they would leave her mic on when she went to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So, and whenever now, whenever I'm doing the show, when I'm when I'm doing the warm up, if I have to, I'll, sometimes I take I, it I, off. I leave the mic. I like to hold my mic. I'll be back. I'm not going in there. You can me. unplug it too. That's the other trick. Well, no, but my, it's a wireless, so I have no control over the mic at all. You know, so I never, but the, so now you know. Yeah. But I just thought that was funny, man. The guy, he's got no pants on. <laughs> he handled it well. I, I mean. When they busted him, what did he say? He he went on uh, Twitter and everything and talked about it. He was very cool about it. And his uh-huh. mother was Dana Reeve, who uh, we talked about last Wednesday. There's Dana That's Reeve. Right. Joey, wow, look at you prepared. Ta-da. And uh, she was the star with Rob Bartlett in Rob Bartlett's play that he his Broadway play. Yeah, she said fast, but uh, I uh, I guess so. Our drinks, jokes, and screw up from yesterday was me at the grocery store. Did you go to the store yesterday? Then I told the story on on the show, Where's and I didn't have my wallet. Oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richie, how much did you drink after the show? <laughs> Hi, Cynthia. So, uh, we got to get to our guest, buddy. I know. I know. We We got a great guest. I know. We'll play a little clip. It's a legend. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine. I haven't seen him in years, and I'm so happy. I called him. He said, When do you need me? And uh, we got a great clip. We got a clip. We'll play the clip, and then we'll. I used to be in a 12 step program, so I moved the booze up for the cellar. When you lick it up, man. <laughs> actually, I shouldn't drink whiskey. My dad went blind drinking whiskey. So she was too stupid to take the little straws out. <laughs> you can only tell a guy twice, you know? It's great to be out here, man. I'm ready for this summer to be done. I'm sick of the heat. I live in Tucson, man. I moved from New York City to Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, it don't look like it did in the brochure. <laughs> friends in New York, like, why would you move from New York City to Tucson? Like, well, I know I'm going to burn in hell. I just want to get acclimated. How about that? I love this guy. I got to work with him a couple times up in Syracuse and Watertown at the Mike Kinney gig. Mike uh, Kinney gig. Our, our good friend. Let's bring him out. Come on. How about a Ben Creed? Ben Creed in the house. <laughs> there he is. How are How you, you buddy? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Good. So you're not in Arizona anymore. What's that? You're not in Arizona anymore. Oh, no. No. I live in Fort Worth, but I summer in Yuma. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite is is you were bitching about the heat in Arizona, so you went to Texas. (laughs) Yeah, well. You miss New York? Hell yeah. Yeah. I moved here for love. My my girl of uh, 13 years is uh, family's out here. That's why we're out here. Right. It's great. (laughs) <laughs> and thanks for having me on the show man i just oh, realized I, I haven't talked to uh, more than a couple of people in the past 
30 days, so my uh, social skills are probably a little uh, atrophied. You know what I mean? Well, you little rat face cocksucker. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you were, you were in New York for how many years? A long time. You, uh, 20 some odd years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to always yeah. see you. Benny, I got, I'll tell you a funny story that you're not going to remember this. The first time I met you. Thanks. Thanks for the credit. You won't remember this, you blackout <laughs> drunk. <laughs> um, Go ahead. The first time I met you, I was really new in comedy, and, and um, I had to pick you up. And right. we were working in Connecticut. Do we stop my, in Harlem? My car, <laughs> my car broke down before I got like before I even I had a problem. With my car. My brother lent me his van, and I had to pick you up in a van that had linen in the back. My brother had a <laughs> Remember this at all? And it, yeah. And we and and I remember because you were like Ben Creed. Oh, Ben Creed. And I remember I'm picking you up and I'm expecting you to be about 55 years old at the time because you've been in the business forever and you get in the, in the van. I'm like, this guy's my age. What the fuck? <laughs> you started when you were 16? Yeah. Is that right? Jesus. Yeah. Started when I was 16 out in LA. I how grew up out in how LA. Did, how does a 16 year old have the, the balls to get on stage a series, and do stand up? I can't imagine it. Oh, I didn't say it. Insane. Good. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's either frozen or he's having a stroke. My teacher, uh, what is, it's hard to tell these days. Is that all right? Yeah, you're all right, right now. There you're, we go. You broke up for a minute. Can you see me? So you were, you were in LA? Uh, Can you hear me? What, did I put the camera to sleep? <laughs> Can you hear us? I grew up in LA. Okay. Yes, I can hear you. We sound like a couple of seniors. What? <laughs> what did you say? Is it all? So you grew up in LA. You and you. You can wanted you hear to be me now. Yes. All right, we're having technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. I was, I was uh, acting in high school. My. Uh, okay. <laughs> Because, you know, if I start the story a fifth time, it'll get even more. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what we'll do. We'll do our drink. We'll do our joke. Yeah, we'll we'll do some bullshit, and we'll Thank bring him back up. We have gone weeks now. We've been doing the show over a month, right? Yeah. And we've had no problems. <laughs> for me. But as far – and it's every night this week now. Well, no, Monday we had problems, major yeah. problems with the guests. Even yesterday, though, it was a little slower than normal. Like, yeah, it was. I wonder why. I, wonder. I, I bet it's because there's a trillion people doing Zoom meetings. They're eating up all the, the internet stuff. But uh, so, Richie, what are you drinking tonight? I am just Let's get to our drink. Old school, my old favorite. Coors Light. I'm doing old school too. I thought Ben Creed's coming on. Miller Light. Oh, right. There you go. There you it go. was on sale by a, <laughs> the beer distributor by our house. So, um, so. He's going to try and bang back on. So we're, you're drinking a little Mill Light again? You had a Mill Light? Oh, light. Yeah. I got a, a big box of 36 of them for dirt cheap. So I'll be drinking Miller Light probably all week. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and you, you have a joke for us? I got a joke. It's a dirty one because uh, having, having Mr. Creed on, I figured it would be a, a delight to have him uh, hear this. But I guess he won't. So an old woman goes into a dentist's office. She walks in the dentist's office. She hikes her dress up. The dentist goes, oh, my God, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. I'm a dentist. She goes, I know. Herb and I got a little crazy last night. He wants his teeth back. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's an oldie but a goodie. It's Come on. A goodie. You got to love it. Be one of those, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you say it twice? I didn't. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I love jokes. So we, um, so we're kicking it old school right now. It's you and me. We're waiting on Benny. Um, now, yo, oh, you know what happened that night when I drove him? Yes. Tell me the story. Yeah. So my, my brother lends me his van. I got to go in the city, pick up Benny. We're going to Connecticut. We're running late because I my car broke down. 
And he could, he's like, whatever, you know, like I'm a new comic. I'm scared to death. You know, like I'm probably getting a hundred dollars for the gig. Yeah. And I'm, like, I'm never going to work for this guy again. And Benny's like, who gives a shit? You know, like he's like, <laughs> and uh, we get there and there's an improv group there in Connecticut. Oh boy. All right. Thanks. He's on the phone with Joe. There he is. He's gambling. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Hello, Ben. Listen, you miserable cocksuckers. <laughs> I got better things to do in this quarantine than fuck around with your digital shit. So what happened? Did you get closer to the... No, you didn't. Did he tell you to get closer to the router? He said my Johnson rod was out of alignment. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I have no idea how this shit works. Well, you're back now, and that's all that matters. Yeah. I was saying to Mark that when, we, when I picked you up, we went to Connecticut. Right. When we got there, there was some improv group that was doing like a class or something. Right. And, a, and a guy and a girl came up to us. <laughs> and it was a husband and wife. Of course it was. And the wife, they had, and the wife was saying, I really want to do stand-up comedy. I really want to do stand-up comedy. How do I get started? I, and, and it was Lisa Lampanelli. Really? No shit. That's, I don't remember that. Yeah. There was Lisa, there's Lisa right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I did remember. you tell her? She and I, I told her, uh, I told you her, don't have a chance. I said, don't be racist. Call Jim <laughs> Don't curse. Get yourself booked. And then her husband, I don't know what happened to him. But anyway, um, yeah, that was, that was the first time I met you. And I was blown away at how young you were because you'd been known forever in the business. And, but now you know, you were talking about, you started at 60. I was known at one point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to know. <laughs> so you, you're 16 years old. You said you kind of got cut off, but I think you said you would you had done some high school plays and things. Oh, I was in uh, my uh, acting teacher in high school was encouraging me to go out to the comedy store because uh, I kept telling him that's what I really wanted to do. And I just thought I was too young because I was 16. But I went out there on my 16th birthday and uh, started working there. And, Most uh, kids are trying to get their driver's license. You're yeah, trying to get stage time. Well, <laughs> you know. I mean, if you know what you want early in life, it's a good thing, I guess, you know. Benny, know, who was there? Do you remember some of the comics that were like? Oh, Jesus. Um, some of the guys that I was impressed with. I mean, Pryor was there a lot. Robin Williams was there a lot. Wow. But some of the guys like uh, that were right before they got big were like, uh, you know, Sam and uh, Gary Shandling. Right. And, wow. uh, uh, geez, God. A million guys. A million guys. You remember what it used to be like? Yeah. Yeah, there, but, you know, there was no Facebook, no uh, internet or anything. It was just guys you would hear about, and then you'd get work on the road, and eventually you'd end up working with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that, to see them. Was there an energy, though, in the air that you kind of knew these people were legends? Like, it was like, this is something really well, Pryor special. Pryor already was a legend. Well, you know, uh, yeah, Pryor was already a legend, but... Uh, um, when I was in high school, I used to do shows uh, for the student body. They loved it because they got out of class for two hours. Right. So no matter what I did on the on the stage, yeah, it's great. But <laughs> at that time, was, uh, was SNL just started? But maybe a few years before that. I think I was 14 when that started. I got to see uh, Prior Live on the Sunset Strip, um, Monty Python at the Hollywood Bowl, uh, wow. Steve, wow. Martin, Steve Martin and the Blues Brothers at the amphitheater. Um, George Carlin a couple times. And, uh, you know, I saw all these all these shows that were the big guys. And when I started off, the guys that I thought were, you know, hysterical were, were huge, were guys nobody had heard of. I mean, right. maybe a handful of comics, but, you know, comics are a hard laugh. We're a hard audience. So right. the guys that you would sit there and laugh at and actually give up the credit for it, you'd go, yeah, that guy's fucking. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So were were your parents in the business? Were your parents in uh, entertainment? No. no. They just no. you were just in L.A. Uh, uh, by chance. So obviously you got kind of steered into there, comedy. Uh, served when I was a kid. Was always uh, into. I did some stuff in theater with the church group when I was really young. And uh, uh, school plays. You know, I think the first thing I did was. I played all three Christmas uh, ghosts in uh, uh, Christmas Carol. He did the Christmas like, Carol as a one-man like, show. Like, yeah, I was like seven or eight years old or something. It's Ben Creed's and, uh, Christmas Carol. 
And uh, you're gonna be visited by three fucking ghosts. My interpretation of Dickens classic. <laughs> and uh, when I got into high school, I I done some serious acting, and uh, uh, I won the Shakespeare Festival for uh, Southern California, and kind of got wow. thrown to the mix of some stuff. But uh, yeah, I remember going up on stage and uh, making everybody laugh in high school, going up on stage at a comedy store. And just taking it in the face, just yeah. you know, just the worst things. You all, all the bad mistakes, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you yeah. remember what it's like, right? Yeah. Yeah, I still do. And so, uh, when, you, when you remember, when you remember, the first thing you do is start smiling, because it's not that bad, right? It's like, oh my god, that was so horrible the back then. Thing ever. And then you realize if you if you stay with it, it gets much worse. <laughs> those, those first days are nothing. Man. I had nothing. I had such a weird thing because when I started, I didn't really know I even wanted to do it, so I didn't care. Well, why did you start? He, because I I worked at a comedy you? club. But why would you subject yourself to such horrible rejection but and the, heartbreak if you don't think you want to do it? You got to be a hundred percent sure. Well, no. Oh, then boy. when I. Then when I was like, no, I actually, I think I really like this. I want to give it a shot. I started bombing <laughs> nonstop. Right, as soon as you give a shit. Yeah, when I didn't care. And it might have, I don't know if it was, I, I didn't care. So when I bombed, I didn't really care. So it didn't feel bad. I was just like, fuck it. I'm just filling time while they throw that guy out of the club. <laughs> you know, and, but then when I actually tried to be a comedian, I just bombed. For like six months straight, and then like I would have one good show that kept me going. Like, uh, oh, okay, I can. I'll, I think I'm good. Thing, right? I mean, <laughs> that one show. Yeah. What other job does somebody stand up and go, "You fucking suck at what you do, and we want you to stop doing it." No other job, right? I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. Now, what? Uh, how long were you in LA? What did you go West Coast to East Coast, or was it a I went. I went to uh, New York when I was twenty-two. Wow! So six years. What in LA. made you? Go? I mean, you were in a good. It wasn't like you were in Wyoming. You were in LA. Uh, you know what, man? I, everybody that I liked, everybody that I watched, everybody that I that I admired was did serious time in New York or was from New York, and it was just something about it. I always wanted to be there, watching all those movies as a kid. It was just something I wanted to do. I didn't see the real. Uh, there was a lot of cutthroat in L.A. and a lot of backstabbing and a lot of hacks. Just what? Oh, really? You want? You want? You want to play yeah, games? You, you want to play games? I'll play games. What are you? <laughs> what are you drinking, Benny? I'm having some wine for the heart. Okay, good. Healthy. Yeah, Enjoy this. Good for the yeah, heart. It's your fruits and vegetables. So, um, you came to New York at 22, yeah. but you had already—I mean, that's six years. Had you been doing a lot of comedy once you start? Like when I started, and I didn't start till I was 26, I did like five shows over two years. It wasn't like well, I was writing. I remember, remember when we were like basically starting off in New York where you could go from New York to, you know, as far as Philly, but mostly Jersey, New York, and work Every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. and then go do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Rascals, oh. and Dangerfields, yeah. and out yeah. here do four or five shows, right? Yeah, well, yeah, when yeah. I started off, you had to wait in the line. I, I had three jobs. I was on my own at 16. I had three jobs, and I would go and wait in line to do three minutes at the comedy store. Yeah. And I would always have to follow, like, you know, Richard Pryor or right. Richard, you know, right. Richard Belzer or Robin Williams or somebody who was, you know, already a star. And I was 16, 17 years old, right? So if you got uh, uh, the last stop at a couple clubs, like three or four clubs, weekend gigs, where you could make like 200 bucks to headline. You know, so you'd be tossing that around like it's street crits. Yeah, I'm doing a doing Montclair in November. You know, it's, it's marking your brag. <laughs> doing Montclair in November, making it double, double hundred. You know, they gave me a room with a bed. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and when I I went out to work in Florida, and uh, I'm trying to think of who got me the gig. I think it was Daily Pike got me this gig at the comic strip in. Fort Lauderdale, oh. and uh, had never worked in New York. So when I was out there, uh, Eddie was Eddie hadn't taken off yet, but Richie Tink and his manager had the place right. 
So I did, I did real well there. So they let me come back. And then I went to New York. I worked with somebody who was booking something. I think it was Joey Novick or something, booking something in New Jersey or New York. So I just went out there with my suitcase. Just went out there, left wow. my apartment in LA, my apartment. You know, you know, you don't get to this point in your life, Rich, by just making one poor decision. It's a <laughs> lifetime <laughs> poor decision. That's and you, uh, <laughs> and, and you uh, worked at Dangerfields nonstop. Yeah, I walked. I, I, I walked in there with the suit and tie one night, and uh, talked to. Uh, Talked to Tony Bavacqua for a while, who I gotta Tony I gotta give credit to. Tony, the owner of Dangerfields, he put hooked me up with that Rodney's apartment in the back of the club. Did he really? Um, I didn't know yeah, that. Absolutely. Didn't charge me rent, loaned me money to get my first apartment in New York, gave me all kinds of work. I got nothing but you know gratitude for him. And uh uh Bobby, you know, was like Bobby a, the doorman. Yeah, he was like a oh. Father figure to me, so I fit right in that club. Bobby, who I do, Bobby lived right around the corner from me on Staten Island. Right. So I used to see him. He used to come jogging by my house every day before. And then when I walked into Dangerfields, he's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" Yeah. I go, "I'm a comic." And he's like, "Don't let these motherfuckers get to you. Don't let them get to you." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could break balls without mercy. He was yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd say to me, "Like you see that guy over there? He's a cocksucker. Don't yeah. that guy right there, he's a cocksucker." Dude, he he used to look out for me when the mob would come in. Yeah. And I'd be on stage and some guy would be wising off. You know me. I no filter, right? Right. He'd stand there in the doorway, you know, where you could see the light, and he'd go like this, like, shut up, don't say a fucking oh. word. Do your fucking <laughs> you really need to clock your fucking paid chimp and get off the stage. <laughs> but I would, you know, go out to these guys and then he'd have to take the brunt, you know. Fucking <laughs> take the ass beating for you, bastard. And we uh we just lost uh, Chario. Chario, yeah. We got a picture with Chario. There he no. is. Oh, shit. Benny, that was March 11th. We took that Jesus. picture. Jesus. Nobody 11th. could walk by a stage and fart like that man. No. That was the crop duster of all crop dusters. <laughs> I mean, he worked, he worked till he was 84, 83 or 84. You know what, though, man? All of those cats, we used to break their balls without mercy because when we first started working there, not one of those guys wasn't proficient in ball breaking. Oh, yeah. Willie, the old waiter, Teddy Wong, the bartender. All of them. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. You could walk up stage after bad set. You thought that was the worst part of your night? Oh, wait till they got to you, man. Holy shit. They want you outside. They want you outside. Who does? The people inside. (laughs) Every time you go on stage, you should be arrested for trespassing. I saw you on stage last night. You should be arrested for loitering. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, when I worked at oh, when I worked at uh, Stand Up New I York, cats in the blind. Sorry, I was the guy who had to go up, and when there was a heckler, and I had right. to go up and fill right. time while this big Australian scary dude would just come <laughs> over and just grab someone and yank them out. And I remember being scared to death that they would wait for me after the show because I would go up and I'd pick fights because we knew who the heckler was. So I'd go up and pick a fight. And then all of a sudden, Rich, this uh, Australian dude, would just grab people by their necks and yank them out of the club. And I I remember just being like, after the show, I'm going to get my ass kicked. I know. You know, I've been doing it 44 years and there was twice where I thought it was going to happen. And uh, once I had to use the mic stand to defend myself. No yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. I dropped a guy like that. <laughs> I had a guy. I picked uh, up the base and hit him in the chin. He was out like a wet Really? Guy. Wow. The other, the other time was at Dangerfields. I was doing, um, it was one of the weekends during the proms, right? I knew it was going to be yeah. a prom show. I no, a no, it wasn't a prom show. It was just a weekend. And there was these two off-duty Jersey cops that drunk off their ass. I was working with uh, Norton or something. So I get on stage and the guy says, you know, something he makes like two or three bald jokes, like just low hanging fruit. Yeah, I'm bald, you know, gee, okay, great. So I think I was just in one of those moods and I said something to the effect of sticks and stones may break my bones, but I fucked your mother. <laughs> <laughs> not not very clever, I admit, but for the guys in the back Effective. Of the, room, Effective. the guys in the back room and for for Bobby, they were pissing themselves. So I was <laughs> So I, I finished my set, you know, 20 minutes on Saturday. You can't do that bad, you know. I'm doing all right. 
I get upstairs and this fucking six foot six monsters just stand there blocking the door, right? So I know he's coming after me, right? So I try to walk by him and he makes a move and I give everything I got, my body weight and everything right into his chest, right? Dies in fucking butt shit. Whoops out a badge, whoops out a jersey bag, and all I all I can think of is fuck Jersey. You know? It's no good here. So you know, you know where the waiter station is, and the knives in that ham can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, yeah. I got my hand buried in that can. Right, this guy's gonna fucking kill me. I'm not dying in Dangerfields. All right, I'm not dying. I'm not dying in the in the middle spot in Dangerfields on a Saturday night. You know, get that blurb in the post. When you walk in there, it looks like everything's black and white. Like as soon as you yeah. walk in, yeah. you're not dying in black and white. <laughs> like one of those old mafia hit pictures, you know. Yeah. Face down in that candle. So uh, uh, Darren stepped in. Tony's son. He stepped in. He goes, "All right, sure, calm down." And I'm talking. I go, "What the fuck is your problem?" He goes, "My mother died." I'm like, "All right, here we go." Here you know? we go. Here we go. So I tried to talk it out, but uh, Norton was just looking at me like, I think this guy's going to kill him, you know? And I thought so, too. I thought this guy's going to fucking kill me. This I'm going up. So he started crying and then uh, talking about his mom, and I just walked away. And uh, <laughs> afterwards, I remember being downstairs getting paid, and, and uh, Tony, the owner, goes, hey, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, um, maybe next time not, uh, not say you fucked his mom. <laughs> Okay, you got to you know, no problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was one night. I was there. I never. I I didn't do a oh, lot. I've seen you. I've seen you in action. Go after kids there at the props. I, you were there, <laughs> Darren. Richie's got. Richie's got no fucking patience, man. He, he made me get up at a prom, Mark. I can't believe you know what I'm talking about, then. And, <laughs> and I go, Darren. I don't want to do the proms. He goes, No, you can do them. <laughs> I go on stage, and they start heckling. I put the mic on the floor and I go one at a time, line up one at a time. I want one guy come up, I'll beat the piss out of you. Then the next guy come up, I'll beat the piss out of you. Then that one at a time. Yeah, because none of them are gonna hit a girl. But every, everybody got quiet. So then I go, all right, now we know who the pussies are. I start to do my act. They start heckling. I go two at a time, two at a time. And Darren gives me the light. I've been up for two minutes. I go, no, no, you guys in time. Come on, I'll beat the piss out of both of you. And I walk up, Darren's going, get off the thing. Yeah. I come up and I go, uh, right, I think I'd be good at this. I think I could do this. I remember walking in one I time. No I, I, I think you were stretching or something because I was doing like a couple different shows. It was prom night. And I came in and I walked up to Bobby and I go, how's Richie doing? Because you went on stage and goes, take a fucking look. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's just nothing but prom kids. And I've got this big grin on my face. And, and I guess they've been giving you some shit and you settled them down because you were singing. You know, you're like, when I come home to you, what? shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> and I just laughed. And I thought, okay, I'm going up to this after that. Son, sons, you know, you're a real fucking cocksucker. And it was like 20 minutes of that and you did your time and you ended on a big note like you held the note to the cow and everything. Oh, it was fucking beautiful, man. It was beautiful. I remember a guy at a prom one night. I'm on stage, and this guy walks in with a baseball bat holder. You know the bags, the baseball bag, bat bags, and yeah. he, you know, and they're they're eighteen, they're at seventeen, eighteen years old. They can't drink, right? It's not this guy right. walks in, right. hucks, and he's got a the holder, and it's full of beer. Like they let him in, jacked <laughs> in. I'm like, it's got fucking beer in it. What are you guys doing? My favorite was is when I I was I'd have to work the door at those, and they were like, "Don't worry, none of the kids are drinking." Whatever yeah, right. they would come in <laughs> every show, like three people would throw up all over oh. the tables. <laughs> like, One time was the best. We're, we're at Danger, but you know, dark it was, right? Their idea yeah. of redecorating so every year was, was low, lowering the lights. It was that was redecorating, right? <laughs> so, so this girl comes in and she's got this, you know, I'm, I'm standing there, you know, by the staircase waiting to go on, right? Bobby's like, all right, stand by that, stand by. And this beautiful high school girl decked out in this, I don't know how many, you know, thousand dollar dress or whatever, just looking gorgeous, looking so sweet. And she looks at me and she goes, are you the guy going on? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, oh, and I saw that Bugs Bunny turn green thing, you know, and she just did like, 
one of these and threw up all over my jeans. Ah. And then I, so and it was Quentin. Please welcome Ben Creed. Ah. <laughs> so I'm shaking off the dice carrots off my jeans ah. as I'm walking on stage. I can't take it. I'm so fed up with my career. <laughs> and I get on stage and I hear this. Ugh. And somebody pukes, and it, you can hear it hit the table, right? Splash! Yeah, the, came, the puke hit the table, and then you heard, ooh, he got some in my mouth. And then, and then it was all chain reaction. Bob. You're killing me, man. That's I'm, just, <laughs> I'm looking at my watch going, okay, I got three minutes left, and uh, good night. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, man, it paid the bills. It was great. Yeah. The prom shows paid just oh as good as the God. regular shows, so they I could, were. I could go on the road for six months and then stay in New York City for six months and not leave and just work the city clubs and not have yeah. to get on an airplane. And the only thing I had to do was, by the time he got to the club every night, because I, you know, I lived twenty blocks away, to walk up, and the second I would approach the club, I'd get that cold chill on my back. I'd see the tuxedos and the proms, like, you know, what the <laughs> fuck am I doing, man? And then you get in there. You know, okay, we want to walk these kids. So do the same act you did 30 minutes ago. So the thing is the same show and a walk. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> I could have been a contender, Charlie. It was my night. <laughs> I was I, brutal, man. When people and the guys, the first timers that would come into work with you, you know, like they'd be like you and me, like, you know, Gaffigan or Norton or some right. other guy. But somebody would walk in and go, hey, what are you doing? You're like, oh, you'll get over that hat. Yeah, you'll, get, you'll get over that <laughs> I I worked in war zones for the USO. <laughs> Not as bad as prom show. <laughs> uh, I would come downstairs after their set, and they would curl up on the couch and look like Glenn Close in 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 uh, the Big Chill. You know that shower scene, just crying in the shower. You know, things serious about quitting it. Maybe I get not too late to get a trade. I can go back to school. Oh God. <laughs> Kevin Kramas keeps yelling, hey, bakery, open your eyes. Is there a story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm working in, uh, I'm working in uh, uh, Little Rock, uh, Arkansas. And they got a uh, Wednesday night. The first night is an open mic night. So they had this woman who's very large, uh, has a hard time breathing, and she's hosting. Every time she brings somebody up, she's going to walk back on stage. It takes a little bit of time, you know. She takes a little rest, puts her hand on the wall, waits a minute, gets up there. So I'm in the back with the owner, and he's embarrassed that I got to sit through all this shit. I'm like, whatever, you know. I don't care. So he goes, she goes, ladies and gentlemen, the next act coming to stage is a really funny guy. He's going to have you rolling in the aisle. Um, uh, he's, uh, he knows how to make that bread. Please welcome Bakery. <laughs> bakery. So I'm looking at the owner going, is there, a, is there a guest spot tonight? And he goes, no. And I go, who's this bakery guy? He goes, oh, I think that's you. <laughs> so I walk up on stage and I, come on, honey, come on up here. So I get up there and she goes, yeah. And I said, it's Ben Creed. Oh, well, I thought it was bakery. Like, well, I don't know. <laughs> you want rhymes. I don't know why you would think that, but so I spent the first five minutes trying to convince people. So after the show, they're like, hey, bakery. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, you got guys now with names like Earthquake and shit. You could be bakery. Yeah, no, I think the perfect name for me is Has Been Creed. <laughs> <laughs> See, I beat everybody to that joke. So fuck that. <laughs> That's a good joke. You would. Dude, come on. You've been in everything, man. Hey, you did you notice that I'm drinking my $5 wine from a Charlie Tuna glass? Yes. Because <laughs> things, you know, I can afford kitsch. Who, who, who was Phil Silver's Charlie Tuna? Who was Charlie Tuna? Who did the voice? I can't remember. Herschel they, Bernardi. Was it really? Yeah. Or are you making that up? The only reason I know that is I was born next to his daughter in the hospital. Herschel Bernardi's the dad. <laughs> You remember this? No, but I was told if that. you remember that, that right? explains a lot. My mother, you know, my, my mom's showbiz claim. You know, you were born next to Herschel Bonatti's daughter. <laughs> That's great. Now, you were in you were in uh, Comedy's Dirtiest Dozen. Yes, I was. We're, we're trying <laughs> to find you in there, Ben. <laughs> you can't see me in front with a cigarette? 
Is that you? That's you? That's me with the hair. Wow. Next yeah. to Stephen Pearl and between Otto and George and Stephen it. Pearl. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> that's a great story. I was uh, I was living with Rick Messina at the time. and Rick Messina, who is? Tim Allen's manager. I mean, you got to tell the audience. Our audience doesn't know all these people. So Rick Messina. Oh, you have an audience? Yeah, we do. <laughs> We get like two thousand um, people, so don't get nervous. Oh, pardon me, fancy rich with your store bought shoes. <laughs> your store bought. So Rick Messina was uh, Tim Allen's manager, and um, yeah. So, so this guy uh, uh, Lenny Wong, I think his name was, was directing this movie called The Dirtiest Dozen. They wanted some edgy, dirty comics, I guess, and uh, they they wanted me to. They were they had a budget of like three hundred thousand dollars. So they were going to get, I think they were going to get Kennison at the time for a hundred thousand. Wow! And uh, then he backed out. Something happened. I don't know what the deal was. So then they were going to they approached Dice Clay for I think like ten thousand. This is way back in the day, right? And then then he backed out the last minute. So they were going to they asked me instead of being on the show if I would just host it for twenty five hundred. <laughs> so and you jumped at it. Oh yeah. I negotiated down further. I think. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll do for two. But uh, yeah, so we did it. Yeah, I hosted. We did it at the Middle Lane Theater in uh, in the Village, and they let. I think they just opened it up to anybody to come in. Oh and, boy! Uh, and I filmed. I don't know. We filmed for like I don't know four or five hours, and then they had me. I had to go back and loop it because my audio was off. So I was up there for I don't know seventeen hours or something like that. And then when it finally came out. Um, I went to go see it with Hicks, and uh, wow. they, it was at the theater. And they they go, uh, uh, you know, whatever, well, seven fifty. And I go, yeah, but but we're in this. It's great, seven fifty. <laughs> yeah, the guy at the movie theater don't give them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're actually in the movie. That's wonderful news. I'm very proud of you. Seven fifty. <laughs> and uh, and then when it came out on video, and it says. Uh, I think of the box that says Bill Creed. Get out of here, really? Yeah. Well, at least it didn't say bakery. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have that uh, the, that DVD, but it's uh, somewhere in a box. I was trying to find it right before the show. Oh, man, I got a check for like, uh, uh, it was either $3.34 or $0.34. $3.34 I get, you know, it's 30 years ago, but the $0.34. Cents. Yeah, less than a postage stamp. It's just I an know. insult. You know? <laughs> I know but, but you know what killed me is uh, uh, I had I was in the hospital about uh, seven years ago, and uh, when I went to go pay the bill, it was just sixty eight thousand bucks, and it just couldn't I couldn't handle it. They were saying, "Well, it says here that you work for uh, MGA uh, MGM U of A United Artists." And I go, "Oh, really?" Yeah, we have a check right here. I go, oh, that three dollars and thirty-four cent check. <laughs> yeah, you're getting paid. All right, okay, all right. Yeah. Well, you that'll know, be that'll be your down payment. So you want a piece of that? You should chase MGM for the rest of my money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I loved. I mean, it was good that I did it, and uh, a lot of the guys that uh, were in it uh, got a break. I mean, Chris Rock. Chris Tim Rock. Otto yeah, and George. Rock. Tim Allen. Otto and George. Man, how sad was that? Otto and George, yeah. I mean, let he me call you call me up after that thing in Canada. You know what happened? Yeah. Tell but go ahead and say. As far as I know, Otto and I were very close, but as far as I know, Otto was up in Canada working and he suffered from what was it? Uh, I'm trying to think of the exact name. He was paralyzed. His brother had to come up and take him back home on a train. Yeah. Uh he was uh like almost comatose, I believe, for like a month. His muscle had atrophied, and he had to learn how to walk all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was telling me this stuff, and then he was asking me. I think I was working at the Borgata, and he called me up, and we were talking, and then the next day he died. Just oh, like man. that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm getting, I mean, I know you, we're in the same boat, man. Every time the phone rings at a certain time of night, you're like, fuck that. I yeah, you know? yeah. You this know. year's been a rough one, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, we were talking yesterday about uh, Vic, Vic Henley, yeah. who uh, is a good friend of both of us. We, he did our show. He did this show last year. Wow. And, uh, you know, Vic was great. And 
just so just bang gone just like that you know do you do you, do you flinch at all anymore yeah do you i do i do yeah especially, especially when someone i mean we're not talking like People in their 80s. Yeah, we're talking 56. Yeah, well, you know what, though? The older we get, the more I know common it is, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, certain guys that just, you're like, what the, you know, because it used to be if a guy said, hey, man, did you hear about this guy? Like, you're lying. You're joking. What's the end? And you go, oh, man, you know. Well, you're friends with Hicks. I mean, how did that hit you? I mean, he I, was know, I would, so I would, young. I wouldn't say I was like a friend of his. We worked together a couple times. He was always nice to me, but I didn't really know him that well. He just, I guess his situation was um, he knew and wanted to keep it to himself, I guess. But everybody knew. You were, I remember, like, you he know? was showing up places, and he was, like, bone thin, and you were like, something. Yeah, but you can't assume anything about people, man. That's how shit gets started. You know? yeah. That's why I try not to unless they're going to tell you. And if they don't want to tell you, then. There's probably a reason for it. You know? Yeah. How well did you know Kinnison much? Did you work with Kinnison much? I worked with, uh, uh, used to bring him up a lot in the uh, open mic at this place in uh, LA, the LA Cabaret. Um, and it was was funny because one of the, the best nights was they had the big room and the bar room. And, you know, we were in the bar room. And Gallagher was in the uh, big room. And Gallagher's sister was drunk in the uh, bar room. And I bring Kennison up. Do you know the story? No, but it's, no. anytime you say Gallagher, and you Kenison, know it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So you know, Kennison goes up there, and it's been a couple of us. You know, hey, cats are wacky. Hey, the airline food's nutty. And then you know, you bring up Kennison, and all of a sudden, shit gets real. And we're in the back. Um, actually, I'm behind the bar, right, watching it go on. And he's talking and he's screaming. And she says, "You want to turn it down about two decibels?" Uh, Gallagher's sister, right? So we're all like, oh, please, lady, please, lady, you don't know what you're doing. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so he says something to her show. She throws a glass, hits the mic stand, and it splitters, and it cuts him in the thumb. So he starts anointing her with the blood, screaming all kinds of vile, very fucking funny things. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just dying, and Gallagher's, you know, smashing fruit in the next room, you know, hey, you know. <laughs> And so it just became a real ugly scene. And then like a week later, I believe it was like a week later, maybe a month later, maybe my time's a little foggy, but uh, he was on uh, SNL and, and Carson. And he was doing the same shit. People were walking out uh, of the show for. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I worked with him a, a couple times out there. Not close friends, like, you know, right. I can say. Always a good guy. You know, always nice to me. Now, but, uh, I heard... I happened to hear Jim Brewer on the radio the other day, and they were talking about Kenison. Name dropper. And they, I heard him on the radio, and they were talking about Kenison. Right. And he said that Louis Anderson, I didn't, was very close with Kenison. I guess. Yeah. And that Louis said, you could walk in a club in LA, and there'd be a guy on stage, and the, the audience would be dead. And Louis would go, when was Sam on? Like, and it'd be like two hours. Like Kenison would do go up. Are, you mean Louis said, Oh, when was Sam on? But you couldn't get the room back for like two hours. After. You know what, man? Uh, uh, besides prior, and I think Robin was a big deal at the time, uh, Sam was the only guy that and anybody that who's up next, Sam, if you knew you're after him, like, fuck. Man. Oh, fuck. You know, but that was the only guy, but you'd still sit there and watch him because you never knew, even if you knew everything he was going to say, how it was going to play. And at that time, like I said, you know, there was no internet, no nothing. You, you had, you heard about these people and the people that didn't get to see him, that's the next night they were lined up for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You're and, right. You know, it's that's bizarre. That's a great point, Ben, because that would happen. Some go, the guy last night, yeah. Suddenly, everyone had to go back to see that guy. Now they just go online and look him up. It's like, wasn't uh, wasn't the Steve original viral? Yeah, word wasn't of mouth. Right on uh, on uh, the Tonight Show with Carson, like twice in the same week. Yeah, or didn't Carson bring him back? Yeah, and he yeah. originally wasn't auditioning for Carson when they went out to go see him and when they saw him in Boston. Up, right? They were there to see Lenny Clark, <laughs> and then. Lenny went on, and when he got off stage, Stephen was supposed to go up, and he was going to talk to the Carson Booker. The Carson Booker didn't come out. He watched Stephen Wright and then booked him. Wow. 
And it's like, it, it just goes to show you this business, anything can happen. Yeah, anything just, can happen at all. Filthy business. Whatever. <laughs> filthy fucking business. Unless you have a podcast, then nothing happens. Uh, <laughs> so, Ben, tell, what about who, who were your real friends? Like, you, who were the guys you, were, you hung with besides me? Who were the guys that you really liked? Back in the day? Yeah, back in the day. Uh, Mick and I uh, were good friends. Mick Wazinski, yeah. 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 Um, uh, Somebody told me once when I was working with Mick to ask, uh, bring your name up for stories <laughs> because they were like, I think they called you the Wonder Twins. They were like, they were always, they they always worked together and they would always had the best stories. Well, Mick well and- you know, uh, pretty much different people back then, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> We, uh, the, the, probably the best story is uh, we went sailing. Remember the, the gig in Nyack? Yeah. Mr. Rip. Mr. Rips, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Mick, Mick had bought a boat, uh, a 26 foot sloop up there for like 20 grand or something. Uh, it was up in, in Nyack, and we had to sail it from Nyack to Seaford Oyster Bay, Long Island. Right? And going around Coney Island is like one of the most treacherous <laughs> reefs in the world. Supposed to be horrible. So we, uh, I don't know how much you want to talk about on the show, but uh, cert- certain substances were abused back then. <laughs> and uh, and it, I'll just tell it this way because it's probably funny if I just say we were on acid. But uh, <laughs> let's suppose we were on acid. Let's just pretend. And we decided to sail the boat from Seaford Oyster, from uh, Nyack, New York to Seaford Oyster Bay. Three days at sea with no tide charts, no water, no food, no knowledge of anything, no common sense, and uh, <laughs> ah, yeah. really wild. Three, oh yeah, man, it was a horrible three wow. days. Mister Rips, was that what? Did a Russian guy own that? Yeah, yeah. You know what happened? I'm working there. Yeah, I know what happened. <laughs> and I'm working there, and I go up, and the mic was like taped. It was right. a complete mess. The fucking mic was a mess, right? And I do my act, and in the middle of my act, the mic implodes on me because it was like taped up. It was like the, the mic was like from 1922. Right. I come off, I go to get paid, and I the guy goes, yeah, I docked money because you broke the mic. <laughs> and that's strange jokes and storytelling, folks. Ben Stick. Last call. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.